Oh, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, you got a barn burner here on Thursday Night Football, my friends. Uh, Miami and Cincinnati. Don't you wish we were doing this on Wednesday nights again? <laughs> uh, actually, I, I kind of uh, enjoy having okay. the game on. Um, oh, fine. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is one that would have been fun to preview uh, for the listeners, but, but we've got it going now. Um, it's a big game uh, for the NFL. It's also a pretty big game in most fantasy worlds, uh, fantasy football worlds. Um, just a lot of, uh, lot of big fantasy players in this matchup. You're a big fantasy player. I am. I um, do my best. <laughs> I tell you. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of one of those ones where you're, I mean, you got Jamar Chase, you got Tua, you got Jalen Wild, you got Terry Kill, you got Joe Burrow, you got Joe Mixon, you got Tyler Boyd, and the kitchen sink. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of fantasy implications going on here. So I, I don't think we really could have discussed it in depth, even if we had time, because there's just so much on the bone. But obviously, like, if you're already starting any one of those six or seven guys, they're in your lineup every week, basically, anyway, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, none of these guys get put on the bench. Uh, even even once in a while, they have a, a down a down week. But uh, they're just too uh, – the ceiling is too high on all these guys. you got to have them all in the game. Certainly. You certainly do. So um, I thought this was interesting, though, a little storyline before we get into the games and the waiver wire stuff this week and whatnot. Um, my, you know, the Bengals were favored by, what was it, like three or five, something like three to five points going into this game. Do you think, wow, that was almost a nice interception. Do you think that, that was fair? Or? Well, so I, I've heard a couple of things that have got me going both directions on, on this game tonight. Uh, one is that uh, the home team statistically wins 80% of the time on Thursday night. That's, that's huge. Um, so the Bengals would certainly be favored there. Um, but uh, another thing that was brought to my attention by one of my degenerate Dolphin fan friends, uh, I have several, uh, is that uh, Miami is 11-1 in their last nine games, or in their last 12 games. I can't do math at the moment. Uh, which is the best in the league uh, for their last 12 games. So, you know, do you go with the home team on Thursday night or do you go with, uh, you know, a team that is just winning nonstop right now? Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning towards Dolphins, uh, but right now the, the Bengals have a one-point lead at home. Yeah, it's a very entertaining game so far. You don't really get a lot of these good games on Thursday night. You get a lot of sloppy the uh, just deli meat looking bad games for the most part. So glad to get a good one, man. Glad to get a good one. They, uh, other than the first week of the season with, with Buffalo and Los Angeles, they really hadn't serviced up anything that we really wanted to watch. So thank you, NFL. You did something right for the first time. <clears throat> Losing my voice here, folks. Bear with me. What did, I want to pick up some notes real quick before we get to the waiver wire of week three. We're already one month in the season, folks. It's October 1st on Saturday. How crazy is that? How crazy is that, Trevor? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's crazy yeah, how uh, far into the season we are. I'm sorry. I just saw Tua get absolutely uh, pile-drived into the turf, and now it looks like he has Jeez. an issue with one of his fingers. <clears throat> oh, man. Um, poor, poor Tua. Yeah, so, not, not looking good for Tua. Yeah, that, that yeah was, we will uh, ugly. Uh, keep you up to date. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're trucking into the season at this point. Uh, week four is officially underway. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're a good month into the regular season, and uh, 
and there's been some surprises, and there's still a lot uh, that we don't know about some of these teams. Um, but uh, I don't want to get uh, get into one of the games we're going to discuss prematurely. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time in the season. No question. I don't know what happened to Tua there. He looked like he got kind of something happened. He got like a stinger. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, like I can't. He, like t- it almost looked up. like he had a broken finger at at one point. <clears> but then <throat> I watched the slow motion replay, and I don't know. Don't know what's wrong with him. It's interesting. We'll keep an eye on it moving forward. So, um, yeah, Mac Jones got hurt week three, high ankle sprain, probably not going to play for the next four to six weeks, although there's been a lot of reports that he's already been practicing this week. Um, So I guess plans could change, right? Um, Yeah, interesting scenario to watch in New England. Do you have any, uh, before we get into the actual New England game, that won't be our first one, but do you have any hope and Brian Hoyer as a fantasy player and or savior of the New England football fan base. And nobody here has any stakes in that. Oh, nobody on this oh, podcast has oh. any, any interest uh, in that. Savior. <clears throat> savior is such a strong word. Uh, Brian Hoyer is a good guy. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. Um, he could turn out to be fantasy relevant, but I wouldn't. Uh, I, I would only stash him for the time being. I want to see uh, what the offense looks like under his uh you know control so uh but he's i mean the thing that you got to remember about these journeyman backup quarterbacks is uh the the longer they've been in the league the better they do get um that that's that's tends to be why you want one of these guys that's been backing up quarterbacks for a long time as your backup uh because all that experience uh they're not getting first team reps all the time but they're they've been in the film room for a decade often and uh, they've seen a lot, and uh, when they get their chance, they often uh, surprise a lot of people. So uh, it's not—it's not impossible that he could become fantasy relevant. Oh gosh, the close-up again! It just—it looks like his finger's broken. Um, man, I can't tell. What, I, I just think he might have seized up on that hit, like he got a stinger. That guy's kind of yeah. I can't tell. You know, shocked what's his, going his spinal on. cord or something. Pretty ugly, ugly stuff here. Oh yeah, uh, in Miami. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, they keep not, showing the replay. Not, we don't know anything yet. Sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, listeners. Great. This is probably a little yeah. uh, frustrating, but uh, man, right. it's brutal. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> watching the game while trying to talk about the game. So, anyway, uh, moving into week four waiver wire, I just was curious if Ryan Hoyer was even worth anything, worth the crap. But apparently, he's not. If we all remember what happened. in <laughs> Oh, my God. Week, what, three or four against Kansas City in uh, 2020? Because I know all of you are up to date on New England Patriots football history like I am. But nonetheless, uh, Tuesday, it was a Tuesday night game. Remember Cam Newton got, got uh, COVID? Remember people would just get COVID randomly? They would move games to, like, Thursday and Wednesday morning and <laughs> all these random times and whatnot. Um, Tuesday night game, uh, Cam gets, gets COVID. Brian Horry has to start almost immediately. Two of the worst plays you'll probably ever see in, in NFL ever happened. <clears throat> one of them was a strip fumble at the end of the half, and the other one, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, was um, Brian Horridge just running backwards for like 30 yards and getting sacked. Uh, oh just yeah, I remember that. Effectively ruined that game. <laughs> yeah, and it really wasn't wasn't great. And surprisingly, New England was pretty competitive in that game. And almost beat Kansas City, but those two games, those two plays, literally crippled them. So hate to see it. He's a guy, you know, you think back of quarterbacks that they have an opportunity to just kind of come in and make no mistakes. That's the idea, right? Don't make any mistakes. And um, 
well, that just wasn't how it played out that, in that game. So let's hope for better, cross our fingers, better results. The fastest two minutes are coming your way. The fantasy waiver wire look into. I'm going to give you some some information about some guys I think that are worth picking up. <clears throat> look, if you lost Mac Jones, if God forbid, I don't know why you'd be starting Mac Jones in fantasy, but if it happens, if you were starting Dak Prescott, or got, or you're like me, you didn't draft a quarterback, you just picked up Trevor Lawrence on, on the uh, the waiver wire, and you need like a nice matchup this week, somebody to kind of take a look at in free agency, this is going to surprise a lot of people, and normally I wouldn't talk this well about Geno Smith, but here we go. I'm going to say some good things about Geno Smith. First off, he's alive. He's breathing. So that's a good thing. Um, they've allowed him to play football, so he's doing something correct, right? Um, in, all, in all funniness, Geno Smith's actually been pretty relevant for quarterbacks this year. 20 fantasy points in two or three games this year. He had 23 against Atlanta on the road. Um, <clears throat> he's got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I mean, they got Rashad Penny in the backfield. He's going against Detroit this week, who's 31st against is 31st in FPA against quarterbacks. <clears throat> he's available in well 88% of leagues, rostered in 12%. So if you're looking at, I don't have Dak Prescott. Justin Herbert kind of messed me up last week. Um, God, <laughs> I don't have Mac Jones. Uh, wow, Tua is going on a stretcher. I'm sorry. Uh, well, if I don't have Tua tackled by low for the foreseeable future. Um, I think Geno Smith's a really good pickup this week. I think he's worth a, a streamer start. Do you have any any insight on uh, Mr. Mister Geno Smith, sir? Because it's the first and last time we'll ever mention his name anything good. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, like, like you said, he's got some really uh, great weapons there. Um, Tyler Lockett is definitely one of those uh, wide receivers that can make anybody look good. Um, he, he just he, he gets open. He doesn't drop passes. Um, he makes it easy for the guy in the pocket. Um, so, yeah, I, mm-hmm. as a streaming option, until you can find uh, something a little more uh, tangible, uh, I, I like Geno Smith as a plug-and-play. Me too. Um, I think... If anything, if you just need somebody to start and you, and you feel confident, he could get you 20 points this week. I mean, that's better than a lot of quarterbacks are getting you. So I think it's worth at least keeping an eye on him if you're going to do that. Maybe up until Sunday, you sort of like, is he worth going to pick up? Maybe I'll just pick him up and put him on my bench. That's fine. He's not going to get you any points if he's on your bench. But I think he's worth <laughs> a start because he's going against Detroit, and Detroit's been horrendous against quarterbacks this year. <clears throat> Number two, uh, quarterbacks, uh, worth taking a look at. Marcus Mariota. Now, this is an interesting one, too, against, going against Cleveland. 20th and uh, who's 20th in FPA. <clears throat> Five touchdowns, three interceptions, averaging 19 fantasy points this year. He's yet to score 20, but 19's not bad. And if you're like me and you started Carson Wentz last week, you got nine. So, and you, if you start Justin Herbert, you got nine. So, <laughs> That's better than both those guys combined. Think about that one for a second. And it seems like he's starting to really get better with Kyle Pitts. You saw Drake London catch a touchdown last week. Um, I, I don't know if he's a low-end starter. I don't know if he's somebody to keep an eye on. I, he, he kind of intrigues me. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said I didn't keep an eye on him myself. So um, almost picked him up this week. Somebody grabbed him. Here is the number one fantasy pickup this week. If he's already gone, if he's not, if you play daily fantasy, if you got some sort of stake in running backs, because every running back, God knows, between rounds one and fifteen this year, if you're not if you not following this straight, tried and true, it's every single round you drafted a running back this year. They all suck. 
So they've all been terrible. Uh, they haven't met expectations. That's why I like Khalil Herbert this week. If you really need a good streaming spot, the guy had 20 carries, 160 yards, two touchdowns last week, 33 fantasy points. Coming against the New York Giants defense, which is ranked 20th in FPA, um, I mean, you got to be kidding me with this one. You know, David Montgomery's hurt, Khalil Herbert, rostering 59% of leagues. If he's available, I think he's worth the start. If you can put him on a flex, you're basically you're, you're, you're playing with a lot of fire when it comes to Khalil Herbert. So um, keep an eye on him. And then somebody I really like. Um, somebody I really like. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Justice Hill. So a guy, I if you watched New England against Baltimore last week, you saw a guy that ran with a lot of intensity, a lot of velocity in his steps. I thought he was just – I thought he was really good between the tackles. And I, it's a Baltimore offense where they kind of, like, shuffle people in in and out. They're looking for somebody to just kind of carry the load. Justice Hill is not – I don't think he's rostered in any, any leagues. <laughs> he's a free agent. I think he's worth kind of keeping an eye on in case he carves out a role in that Baltimore offense because they're all about running. And um, he just is the hardest runner. And I think he's going to get more carries as the season moves on couple more fantasy pickups. I talked about this guy last week, and if you didn't pick him up, he had 19 fantasy points in, F- in um, PPR. He's ranked 15th in PPR wide receivers. His name is Greg Dortch, 21st against uh, wide receivers uh, for FPA is Carolina. I don't expect him to, to slow down because Rondell Moore is still hurt, and there's no DeAndre Hopkins. Um, A.J. Green's out, too. <laughs> uh, who else do they have to throw to in, in Arizona? Um, he's an excellent slot receiver if you have a PPR. 23, 20 catches, 200 yards, one touchdown, 16 fantasy points per game for PPR. He's kind of like a – he's a gem. He's a really a gem. Oh, yeah, if you, if ask you me, can I saw get him, him last week. I, 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 he sounds yeah. like he's the kind of guy that anybody would want on their team. Uh, so, you know, gentlemen, receiver. start your engines. Uh, this guy needs to be on somebody's team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two more, um, I'll, I'll say. Uh, and these are kind of surprising – Trev, you asked me about Devin Duvernay a couple weeks ago, and I quickly shot him down. Unfortunately, how it works is that um, he's actually been pretty fantasy relevant, although the targets and the receptions haven't really been there. Eight catches, eight on eight targets, 121 yards, but three touchdowns. He's returned one back, and that actually counts for fantasy points too. And if you're in a league, that that counts them. So. Devin Duvernay, 35% of leagues, going against Buffalo this week. Ninth against uh, against receivers, but he is their sort of number one receiver, if you've seen one. I, I haven't really seen much from, <clears throat> excuse me, from, uh, what the, what's his name, the the number one receiver there in Baltimore. I can't remember his name now. doesn't matter. He's right. he's probably relevant, so it doesn't matter. So, um, but Rashad Bateman, you know, Before we yeah. jump into the games, uh, in case I forget, I really like him this week, Duvernay, because uh, the Bills' secondary is uh, pretty banged up. Um, so, yeah, Duvernay, start him if you got him. Oh, wow. T. Higgins just took a big one back to the house here. Okay, two two more. I swear this will be it. Mac Hollins, 2% of leagues, 14 catches, 240, one touchdown. Playing more because Hunter Renfro's out. And against da- Denver, he's going to be playing in that slot, that third receiver. Uh, Patrick Sertain, wow, amazing. He won't be going against him. Tyler Conklin, this is an interesting one for a league that doesn't have a lot of production in the tight end position. 18 catches, 24 targets, 140 yards, one touchdown going against Tampa, excuse me, Pittsburgh this week, 20th ranked in tight ends, owned in 22% of leagues. 13 points per game in PPR. That's pretty damn good. Uh, That's pretty good for a tight end. 
And fourth uh, best tight end. There's always plenty so. of people out there looking for a good tight end. Let's face it, there's not enough good ones, reliable ones to go around. Um, you know, this trend might not last all season, but right now, uh, Conklin's definitely worth a start. Absolutely. Uh, I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I've seen some people even drop Dalton Schultz. So just look at your waiver wire for tight ends because if you don't have Mark Andrews, if you don't have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, even Darren Waller is kind of a scrub, um, there's, there hasn't been any, any production. I mean, if you get 10 points to the tight end, that could be a big swing for you in winning some of these games. So I just, Tyler Conklin, um, and then one last one, I swear, because maybe we can even talk about Minnesota game, but, um, this is actually a good lead into the Minnesota game. KJ Osborne, who's only rostered in 18% of leagues, and actually has taken a fair amount of targets away from Justin Jefferson in the last two weeks. So, well, and even more than that, even more than that, there's just you know Justin Jefferson. He'll, he'll his stats are going to bounce back. He's going to get his, but uh, it's uh, I'm just going to say it. I think uh, Osborne has jumped Thielen on the pecking order uh, when it comes to. Uh, to how these uh, Minnesota wide receivers eat. So, uh, you know, I, I, I drafted Adam Thielen. Uh, thought, thought he'd be a good value where I got him. Um, so far, starting Osborne would have been the better move. And like you said, he, he's available in most leagues. So uh, it's definitely worth giving a look. No question. No question. <clears throat> Leading into the games. Perfect, perfect transition, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, at New Orleans, I only hesitated because I had, I saw London for a second and I didn't know what to say. So, um, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, they're playing in London. Uh, wow, that was that was a bad one. London. You know what? I'm not going to try it. <laughs> Two and a half point favorite to Minnesota. Forty three and a half over under. Um, Trev, in London, Minnesota, New Orleans. We know how these these London games work. They're usually extremely sloppy and rainy and gross. Um, yeah, the uh, the teams are yeah. always a little out of it. There's there's a huge uh, huge amount of jet lag getting into town, getting ready for the game. Um, hopefully the teams are already there. I'm not sure when when both teams are traveling, but but you'd want a uh, a couple of days at least, I think, to to get your clock right to to be ready for this game. Um, but still, traveling that far for a game, uh, it's uh, it levels the playing field. And uh, you don't usually hear me do this on this podcast, but I am gonna uh, I'm gonna call it a closer than three point game. You know, I, I usually just favor uh, whoever I take to win as as beating the spread. I'm gonna take the Vikings to win and the Saints to cover. I think this is a one point game. I think it's gonna be a nail biter. Um, I like a lot of defense on the road here. Uh, I think I'm going to take the under on that 43 and a half uh, Saints to cover, Vikings to win. Wow. Saints to cover, Vikings to win. Okay. I like it. Um, I, just, I think this is, uh, you know, I, I think it's hubris to think that, uh, that, that my favorite Vikings could, uh, could really make a statement win here. I think this is one that will be happy <laughs> to survive by the time it's over. Um, I like a close game in London. And uh, and I think the the Saints are, are going to take it within one point. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a good call. I honestly feel like this has potential to be an over. One reason alone is Chris Olave, uh, a guy who, uh, if you remember back in the when we were doing a fantasy preview of the season, I mentioned that this is a guy you want to keep an eye on only because he's a burner. No Michael Thomas potentially. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry's hurt too. 
But this is a guy in week two saw 307 air yards on targets in week two. Uh, I No, since week two. I'm sorry. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> but I know 307 yards is a lot. Excuse me, it's a lot of yards. And so we last week, 182 yards uh, through the air yards. I think that's where he's being targeted. It's a really hard metric for me to explain. But nonetheless, it's it just means that he's getting down the field and he's being targeted for long passes. He ended up with nine catches for 147 yards and 13 targets. If he's available in your league, if you got to start him, he's an excellent flex. He's probably a wide receiver, too, at, at, at his, his, um, his ceiling. But, man, against a kind of a crappy Minnesota defense and secondary, I think Chris Olave is worth a start here in, in London, you know. Um, and then, of course, you got your Justin Jeffersons of the world and Dalvin Cooks and the people who usually have in and out of your lineups. I don't think I have to say more than that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I like, I, I, I like Chris Olave this week quite a bit. Quite a bit. Okay, we're going to look at... Sorry. Tennessee at uh, coming back over the ocean here, across the pond, as they say. Tennessee at uh, the Indianapolis Colts, three and a half point favorites at Indy, over under forty three. Um, sneaky bad game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't know what else to say. So it could be really this ugly. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> so, these are two one win teams. Um, it's a division matchup, so I do think it'll be competitive. Um, I'm going to have to go with the home team here and uh, take the Colts to win. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point spread. I do like the Colts to beat the spread here. Um, and I'm going to take the over on that 43. That, that seems a little low. Uh, I know both these teams have been struggling. Uh, this could be uh, the get-right game that the Colts really need. Um, I know I, I, they're definitely limited on offense by their quarterback, but it still is a good roster. Um, I think that... Uh, this is the week that Taylor gets going, and uh, you see a big game out of the Colts at home. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I, I think against this Tennessee defense, which, I mean, look, if you look back at their, their recent performances against, um, you, know, you know, Saquon Barkley, um, the trio in Buffalo, and then last week against Josh Jacobs, they really haven't been containing the ball very well on the ground. I mean, you know, Vegas had 96 yards on 19 carries that's five and a half yards a carry so I think you're right Jonathan Taylor's in for a big game um I, I don't really know how they've gotten away with what they've gotten away with so far and, it, and I'm saying this on a one and two team I just don't feel like Tennessee's really that great I mean you lost against New York at home in Buffalo you get waxed in Vegas you beat but Vegas looks just you know very dysfunctional right now yeah, I think John, it's a great it's a great point for John Taylor to get right game. Um, and honestly, Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman coming back, Matt Ryan might have a sneaky good fancy game. I, I said could be an ugly game, could be the ugliest game because like really, I both teams are just not really sure of where their identity is. And God forbid you have to watch this on Red Zone. <laughs> so, but if you're like me and you're bougie, you have Red Zone, or you have <laughs> NFL Sunday Ticket, and you pick something else. So um, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I concur with you. I, I feel like Derrick Henry has some potential here. These division matchups, he's been really good against the AFC South in his past. Um, he's kind of a top-five running back play this week for obvious reasons. He seems like he's getting better week to week. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and same thing with the receiver that with Traylon Burks from Tennessee. Looks like he's starting to pick up that offense. So maybe that's a guy you keep an eye on. Maybe in the future he's a wide receiver two or three. 
like Olave turned into out of nowhere, or a flex. So this is, well, this is the most surprising game of the week, my friend. Six and a half point favorite to Philly. You got Jack Jacksonville at Philly, over under 45 and a half. Well, I think we all expected Philadelphia to be good. They're 3-0, and but Jacksonville. You got shades of Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey and Barry Church from 2017 here. I mean, they look aggressive. They have the highest turnover, turnover differential in the NFL. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing flawless football. Flawless. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the game that I'm excited for uh, of the, all the Sunday morning games that are on this continent. Um, the, uh, the Jaguars, I think, are shocking everybody. The Eagles, we expected to be good, but even they have shocked a lot of us uh, with just how good they appear to be through three games. Um, I like Philadelphia to win, especially in Philadelphia. They're very strong at home. It's a tough place to go on the road and play, at least every Vikings fan wants to believe. Um, this is just it's it's going to be a clash of two electric offenses right now and uh the eagles defense is looking really strong uh like you said the jaguars have one of the best turnover uh uh ratios uh or the best turnover ratio in the league right now so so i think that you're going to see a lot of good football on both sides of the line from both teams uh so th- this yeah this is the don't miss game on Sunday, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, the, the sky's the limit. Um, whether or not we're going to say – I mean, I, I, I'm going to take the over, um, but that's that's no disrespect to the defenses in this game. It's going to be uh, a, a tough, tough battle. Every point's going to have to be earned. Uh, but I like the Eagles to win. And, uh, man, six-and-a-half-point spread, I'm going to – I'm going to say the Jaguars cover. I'm going to say the Jaguars cover and that that's going to be uh, a very respectable uh, loss. It'll knock them down to 500, but uh, but they will go back to a uh, very easy-to-dominate division uh, after this game. And the Eagles, I like to stay undefeated through Week 4. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a, you know, the Eagles' defensive line has been – Nothing short of a terror. Oh absolute, man, absolute the, monsters! Uh, the kid that Dude. they drafted out of Georgia, I, I've been jealous ever since they did it. He's just a behemoth. Um, yeah, can't think of his name. Guy out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, yeah, thank Jordan you. Davis. Just, yeah. uh, just a game changer when you have somebody that can can dominate the middle of the line like that. No one's going to be running it through the tackles with a lot of success. Uh, you know, the 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 edge rushers uh, have an easier time getting home when there's so much to deal with between the tackles. Um, and he's just, he, you know, they're not going to have him out there on every down. They're, they're being smart with their D-line, uh, playing it in rotations. But uh, Jordan Davis, uh, he just, it allows the rest of the defense to do their job so much better when you have that dominant position right there. Yeah, no question. And him with Brandon, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Josh Wett and um, – I, I don't know who else, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's, you could put my grandmother on the defensive line. He, she would look good, you know, right. It's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's really is. And I don't know much about the Jacksonville O-line. I know that they've held up really well. I think I was reading the other day that Trevor Lawrence has been pressured on the least amount of snaps. Um, the, the, his pressure rates, the least amount in the NFL are right up there. So they played well. I don't think you can be ready for that, that Philly defense. 
Um, the corners have been great. Avante Maddox, James Bradbury, Darius Slay. Looks like he's having a resurgence this year. It's just a really good team. I, I mean, I think we talked a lot about them before the season. I don't think we anticipated on them being this dominant. You know, dominant. Sorry. You know, um, it's it's really impressive. The most impressive thing about it, though, I'll give you give some credit to this guy, Devontae Smith. Um, nine catch, what? Tw- nine catches on twelve targets, 169 yards, and a score last week. He looks, he, man, he looks fast. He put on some some weight in the off season, some muscle, and he looks a lot faster this year than he did last year. And pair him with AJ Brown. I mean, you got two two wide receiver ones in the same team. I mean, where can you go wrong there? You know. Yeah, I mean, I like it, it makes it very difficult for the defense. Um, and as long as Hertz can continue to play at the level that he's uh, he's jumped up to this season, uh, and and I, I'm hearing it said, but I don't think it be, can be said enough. He he really has put in the work, put in the time to uh, improve as a passer which is how he was surplanted in, in Alabama by Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he just wasn't good enough of a passer, and Tua was. Um, man, he's, he's, just, he's come so far in a short time at the NFL level, and, and now if, as, long as, as long as he doesn't regress, the, uh, the, the Eagles have a real window with everything they put in place around him. Yeah, no question. Um... They they built a a good team around him. They got two first round picks next year, by the way, which is terrifying, terrifying. They're going to draft my grandmother with the number one overall pick. Put him on the, put her on the defensive line. <laughs> uh, I like yeah, Devontae Smith's a no brainer this week. I, I sneaky start for Miles Sanders, and you know Jalen Hurts is the number one player in fantasy so far. Right, think about that. Didn't anybody think about that? <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Okay, moving on to we're just going to skip. Oh my goodness, just some absolute. Well, there's just some ugly games this week, folks. I don't know what to say, but this is not one of them. Uh, it could be a slugfest, though. Um, really up and down the field. Buffalo at Baltimore. Three-point favorite to Buffalo. Over under 51. You know, here's Baltimore's starting slate. New- at New York, Miami, New England, Buffalo. So three out of the four teams. I mean, what a- they basically just get rid of the AFC East. They get right out of there, and they're done. <laughs> right. How about that? I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> when you're facing a non-conference schedule or a non-division schedule, that's that's pretty interesting. I don't know who how that helped that worked out, but nonetheless, um, man, Baltimore is going to be in another barn burner, another just offensive show. They've pretty much been in two of them. This is going to be the third one we anticipate. Uh, it's, it's gonna, golly, it's it's the team you got to watch it week to week, right? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Buffalo, you know, it, it's it's such a tight race right now. They they really did look like the dominant team in the AFC uh, after Week One, um, but uh, you know we've we've now seen that there's a lot of a lot of good teams. We knew there were a lot of good teams in the AFC. Um, Bills and Ravens are two teams that I certainly expect to see in the in the postseason. Um, man. Uh, I understand why Buffalo is favored here. I really do. But uh, playing the Ravens in Baltimore uh, with a banged-up secondary, I, I'm i taking the Ravens in an upset here. Uh, and, and I don't think that should uh, uh, cause any panic on, on behalf of the Bills. Um, you know, that will drop to 2-2. Two and two, But uh, they, they still, I think they're going to have, a, you know, a 12-plus 12, 12 win season. Um, but this is going to be one of those rare Bills losses, and I, I think back-to-back losses 
is something that they can overcome just fine. I I just really uh, really like the Ravens in this matchup this week. Um, it, it's already a close one. I'm definitely going to take the over on the 51. So I like the Bills to uh, to to do what they do on offense. I don't think they'll punt a lot. I just don't think they're going to have a very good time stopping the Ravens either. So I like the Ravens to uh, squeak past the Bills this week. It's going to be an interesting game. <clears throat> Nonetheless, I mean, Lamar Jackson's probably playing the best football next to Jalen Hurts in the league. Four touchdowns, five touchdowns last week, one rushing, four in the, in the air. Against New England, who played him pretty close, forced two turnovers and still scored 37 points. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if there's a better weapon in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, let me know. I still don't think he's able to win a, 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 a Super Bowl, going back to my uh, preseason theory, if you remember that heated uh, argument. But nonetheless, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it seems like a game that it, it's kind of a, it's a tough game for Buffalo to win. You're right. It's, it's Baltimore at home, and um, all hands on deck for fantasy-wise, man. It's going to be an absolute show. I, I mean, this is the one you have to watch. Of course, next to uh, Pittsburgh and New York. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about two powerhouse offensive teams there. So, um, moving on to our game. Uh, I think this is number five or four. Nonetheless, I'm not really sure we want to talk about this game. Look, I just picked it because I think it's intriguing. You got New England on the road at Green Bay. Nine and a half point favorites at Green Bay. Over under 40 and a half. Mac Jones not playing. So, I that must have moved the line at least, what, like a touchdown. I'd have to imagine if he was playing, it wouldn't be that high. But why why should we believe that that Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are really should be favored that much? I mean, you're, you're, look, he's got nobody really to throw to. He's kind of made chicken, what do you call him, chicken salad out of chicken, you know, poop, basically. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's it's a New England team that's good against the run. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how the, the line could be that high unless they really think Brian Hoare is that bad. But it's still Bell Belichick, man. I mean, he's on the road, but, you know, what, what do you think? Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Packers part of it for just a little while. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like to do this. Uh, but, uh, you know, the truth is it's Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, and every week that goes by, uh, the Packers are going to be – uh, a little closer to uh, what they, you know, what they inevitably will be, and that's a really good team, especially at home. Um, I was really hoping that they'd lose a few more early season games while Aaron Rodgers gets the kinks worked out with these young wide receivers, and so far, uh, you know, they uh, it hasn't happened. It's only happened week one. Um, they they squeaked out a win on the road in Tampa Bay last week. Uh, it was an ugly win, but it goes down as a win. Um, the, it's not impossible that the Patriots come to town, stuff the run, you know, do just enough on offense to, to outscore the, the Packers and come away with a win. And I really hope that they do. But uh, the odds are not in their favor. Um, it, it's, it's home field advantage. It's Aaron Rodgers. Every week that goes by, uh, you know, he... He gets a little more focused on the season and and what he's really trying to you know accomplish year to year, and uh, and, and eventually that's going to overtake any of the uh, you know prima donna type issues that we're used to seeing. Um, I think he's going to put that to rest. He's going to he's going to make the best of his situation, 
uh, which is he's not a stranger to doing. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the window for uh, for easy victories against the Packers might already be shut. Um, they you know they they could have lost last week. Um, they they absolutely thrashed the Bears the week before that, but it was the Bears. Um, and it's looking more and more like the Vikings were the only ones that were going to get an easy early season win on a uh, directionless Packers offense. But uh, it just it can't last all season. It's it's Aaron Rodgers. He's he's going to get these things figured out. And uh, and I think nine and a half points might be a bit big because, like you said, they they I mean they still are very so far very reliant on the uh, run game. And uh, and if the Patriots can stuff the run, uh, we'll have another close one here. But uh, but I do think the Packers are going to win this one at home. Uh, I'll take the Patriots to cover, and at forty and a half points, man, I don't think it's going to go much past that. But I am going to take the over on this one. It's an interesting game. It's really not a great fantasy game for anybody. No. Really, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't start him. Um, I think the running backs are going to be kind of shut down here as well. I I could be wrong. I mean, maybe that, that running back attack is perfect against New England's front. Yeah, I just think that Bill Belichick will kind of figure out some sort of game plan here. I I think I read somewhere that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, when pressured or blitzed, are like two of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So that's really going to be the key here, right? So if you're betting for this, if you're looking to start somebody in this, I, there's really not much fantasy relevancy here. In this game, I mean, there's a lot of there's hardly any been anything like that on New England all year, other than Devontae Parker last week. So, moving on (laughs) (laughs) to because I you know I'm talking about it makes me depressed. Moving on to Denver, uh, the Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders, two and a half point favorite to Vegas, forty five and a half over under. Boy, this is surprising. Vegas loves themselves. The Raiders. I mean, they must be really. um, I mean, Elvis must be on the team or something. I'm not really sure. Or we push this line to two and a half. Um, what's going on in Denver this week with uh, the talk on sports radio? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, uh, the Denver sports radio is a bunch of uh, shenanigans and, and uh, overreactions and overhype. But, yeah, uh, grab ass. Yeah, a bunch mm-hmm. of grab ass. Anyways, the, the Broncos, they're two and one. Um, you know, those, those two wins haven't been pretty, uh, but they're wins. And... Uh, and and a lot like the situation in Green Bay, uh, it's getting better every week, and we're getting closer and closer to what all the Broncos homers expected out of the gates when they were just going to blow out uh, Drew Locke and the Seahawks in Week One. Um, but uh, basically, I I like the Broncos on the road against the Raiders. The Raiders are struggling right now. Um, uh, I, I do think that the Raiders' uh, defensive line is going to get after Russell Wilson, uh, but even Russell Wilson, he's he's looking more and more like his old self each week that goes by. He's he's uh, he's moving around more every week. I don't know if that's a, 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 an intentional change in in the Broncos' game plan, or if that's just Russell Wilson getting into the season, getting more comfortable with the new offense and the new coach. Um, but uh, the Broncos are looking more and more dangerous. You know, Cortland Sutton crept into the top five wide receivers for yards this week. Um, I just, I think, uh, 
I think the Broncos put the Raiders 2022 on ice this weekend. Um, there's just no coming back from 0-4, uh, especially in that division. Uh, and I think the Broncos, this to any, anyone in the AFC West getting a division road win is huge. Uh, it's just huge. And, uh, and I think the Broncos are going to get that this week. It might not be pretty. Um, I like that it's a close spread, uh, but I'm taking the Broncos to upset on this one. It's weird that you say there's an upset for a 2-1 and and an 0-3 team. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, the, the Vegas line the sp- is the Vegas line. Yeah, it's not much of an upset, I know. I'm not I don't uh, get the spread here. I'm not exactly, uh, uh, you know, it's not a shocker. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the Broncos in this matchup. Uh, I think uh, things are working better and better. Um, you know, right now in, in Denver country, uh, Broncos country, there's, uh, there's a lot of concern. Oh, a lot of concern over uh, the, uh, the fumbling. Um, but even that, it's, it's, getting, it's getting better every week. Um, so I, I just I like the Broncos on this, on this road, road game. Yeah, and, and I think Denver's win will be a big um, – it'll, it'll involve Javante Williams quite a bit, as it usually has in the last couple – two games they've won. The Vegas defense is allowing 26 fantasy points per game to running backs. Oof. I don't know how high that, that number is. That's one of the highest numbers I've seen since we started covering the NFL for a couple of years. And we've been doing this for a while. Years. Sorry. Um, several decades and <laughs> and uh i it's it's that's a astronomically high number so that's like an automatic start um their defense has been so bad i i just it's just brutal I, I i mean it's just brutal they don't have any playmakers on there other than max crosby um that's why i like russell wilson here too man i i think like he's coming around i agree with you i, I think there's there's something there um, he's gonna. He's starting to get outside the pocket and start to play his game more. Where they say let Russ cook, and then it's like a picture of like a uncooked hot dog, or something. Well, that's gonna change. That hot dog will be cooked this week. It'll get a nice sear on it, and it's gonna. You know, the casing will will be crunchy when you bite into it. Yeah, the grill marks. So char it up. They, there you go. Right. Um, I, I, I like I like those two guys a lot. Some I've heard some people th- say Derek uh, Derek Carr is worth the start this week, and look, I I. I I disagree with you. I, I think, I think Patrick Sertain on Devonte Adams is going to just going to be a really tough matchup for for Adams. But um, if there's anybody that can beat Sertain, it'll be him. But you know, here's Sertain's numbers: the best cornerback in the NFL so far this year. He's got he's been targeted nine times in the last two weeks, no catches. So <laughs> I'm not sure how that equals into success for Derek Carr, like some people are saying. I just think that Patrick Sertain and that, that, that secondary is on another level, you know. So I don't see it coming, but prove me, prove me, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Jabronis. Prove me wrong. Yeah. So I, uh, I personally would hesitate to start Carr this week. Um, I think the Broncos' defense is good. Uh, I think they're better than, than people are giving them credit for. I think this Denver Broncos' defense might be great. Um, so uh, it, I mean, it's definitely what's kept them in these uh, in these games that they've they've uh, struggled to to put away on offense. The defense has just been stepping up uh, every week for three weeks, 
and uh, even in that loss. So I uh, I would hesitate with uh, Derek Carr on this one myself. So yeah, no question. Um, yeah, don't see it. So anyway, football: Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Uh, if they play that game, I heard they actually might move it to Minnesota. Yeah, uh, because yeah. Uh, because nobody else will be playing in Minnesota this week. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S. Bank Stadium <clears throat> available, beautiful dome. Um, it's looking more and more like that is what's going to happen. It's it's getting harder and harder to imagine that they'll be able to play this game in Tampa Bay on Sunday. Um, so uh, so yeah, it looks like this will be a, a neutral field. Uh, right now, the line is even. Um, that's a little bit of a head scratcher for me. I, I do think the Buccaneers are good, but as we saw last week, they have a lot of issues with a lot of personnel, uh, you know, trying to get healthy. Um, so with a, a real lack of weapons for Tom Brady, you know, I, and I think that really contributes to that stat you brought up earlier about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady doing so terrible when pressured and, and they're getting pressured in the first place because they've, they've got very few options through the air right now. Um, the Chiefs, man, I think the Chiefs are humming right now. Uh, I like the Chiefs to win this one by seven. So definitely taking wow. the Chiefs to win this one on the road, be it in Tampa or Minneapolis. Um, there you have it. That's my pick. Kansas City come back after losing a really weird game against Indy. I didn't watch any of the highlights for that or the game. I just, I, I don't know. It just kind of blew me away what happened against Indy. Do we know what happened against Indy? As far as like, <clears throat> like did he did they did they just suck? <laughs> was it Mahomes? I mean, it it seemed like kind of an anomaly. Like, it, it was weird, was it not? It was strange, and that's why. And I don't uh, I don't see that as a trend. Uh, I think the Chiefs bounce back big this week. All right. Um, let me ask you this: Is it time to drop the goat? Is it time to cut Tom Brady off your fantasy team? Ooh, you know, uh, I definitely can understand benching him. Um, I don't think you want to cut Tom Brady until you see what this offense looks like when uh, Chris Godwin is healthy and Julio Jones is healthy. Um, you know, these, uh, these weapons that he's missing right now. Um, because I think, uh, especially the, uh, the Chris Godwin and then uh, Mike Evans uh, out with a suspension this week. Is that what's going on? No, he's he's back. He's oh, he's back. He was out last week. Okay, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so I, I think it's a little too soon to uh, drop him from your roster unless you really see a better option out there. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, not to uh, derail the conversation. Everybody who's uh, listens knows that I'm a bit of a uh, Bridgewater loyal. Um, he's coming in. He's going to do his best with this uh, Thursday night situation. But uh, no, I don't think uh, I don't really think it's the right time. Yeah, I don't think it's the r- <laughs> damn it. Uh, <clears throat> that was poor I, timing. <laughs> I don't think it's the right time to uh, to drop Tom Brady yet. Like very. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And, and this week, Kansas City, I mean, has allowed twenty one twenty one FPA against quarterbacks this, this year so far. He's in the top ten as far as that, that's concerned. I, I think he's worth the start and it's just because he has nobody there. You know how how frustrated he can get in his old age too. He gets crabby when he doesn't have his receivers. So <laughs> anyway, it's just a little shot. 
Uh, L.A. at San Francisco, one-and-a-half point favorite to San Francisco, over under 42-and-a-half. It's probably one of the weirdest seasons you'll see so so far. from uh, uh, One of the weirder opening parts of the season you'll see so far from a defending Super Bowl champion like L.A. I'm not really sure where they're at. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs, but they just look kind of disjointed, maybe old. I'm not really sure what the right way to put this, but... They barely beat Arizona last week in a game that Arizona kind of blew. They barely beat Atlanta. They got smoked by Buffalo. I think there's a decent chance they lose this game, and I don't think it will be really that close, to be honest. I think San Francisco kind of has their number the last two years, and um, they put together a really physical game plan, and L.A. just can't keep up. No, I, uh, I, I like San Francisco in this one at home. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, both teams are sitting at two and two after this one. Um, the Rams, you know, the obviously the uh, the talent, the potential, it's all there, but uh, they uh, they've got some things to figure out. You know, um, you know, Cooper Cup is uh, nowhere close to on pace for the sort of year that he had last year. That was the real identity of this team on offense. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Ramsey's had some off games this this season so far, so uh, hopefully he can can uh, get back to uh, to shutting down the uh, opposing team's number one wide receiver. Um, but uh, but I'm not gonna you know expect it until I see it at this point. We're we're three weeks in; it's not there. Um, the Rams could come back. Their season isn't lost yet. They're two and one. It's an ugly two and one. But uh, but I do like San Francisco this week, and with a one and a half point favorite, I got to take uh, San Francisco to beat the spread. Yeah, it's just a bizarre, um, just a bizarre spread on a couple of these games this week. Not not that like I don't disagree with them, except for the Vegas ones. It, it just there's some of them are just um, you know Vegas has just been weird this year. I, I don't think they've been really on point either, from what I've been reading. You know, I think there's been a lot of like I, I just don't think people are betting like they used to. And so they're just kind of throwing out, like, I don't know. This is conspiracy theory. <laughs> people aren't betting like they used to, so Vegas needs the money, so they throw out, like, ridiculous spreads to bait people. I don't, th- I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, though, you know, considering it's Vegas and it's run by the Russians. <laughs> so um, also, also not for an NFL podcast. That's for an- another time. So, um, yeah, I-, I agree with you. I think San Francisco rightfully so should be favored, and Jeff Wilson Jr. is a good start in this one. Um, they seem to just really run the ball well against LA in the last two meetings. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you know, San Francisco is going to get something rolling here when it comes down the ground. And I don't know, Jimmy G, I just, I just wonder what's going on in his head after last week against Denver. I mean, it was pretty ugly, pretty bad, but they got George Kittle back. He had, but he only had four catches for 29 yards last week against Denver. Denver's got a good defense. I expect him to get better. And Debo Samuel, I hopefully gets healthier. It's been a weird year for both teams. The first week of the season, first month of the season, excuse me. We got five minutes to travel. Let's run through some quick ones. Give me just some quick hitters. Seattle at Detroit, four, pay, four point favorite Detroit, over under 48. What do you think? Quick, 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 quick. So, yeah, this, uh, I do like Detroit in this matchup. I think, uh, I think that Detroit, uh, is doing a lot of things right on offense. Um, both defenses, I think, are going to be struggling. So I, I do like the over, um, but I like Detroit to win in uh, you know more of a like twenty-eight, twenty-four type of game. Yeah, 
Jared Goff, another guy you should keep an eye on in case um, you know you need a streamer this week for one reason or the other. And Josh Reynolds has moved into the running back position with DeAndre Swift out. He's he's hurt. Another guy you can keep an eye on in fantasy if you want. Uh, if you're just you know if you're just a waiver wire fiend like me, if you're just searching it. You're a shark. You're out there. You're in the ghillie suit. You know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Chicago at New York, three point favorites in New York, over under thirty nine. Two teams that have really overachieved so far. Uh, however, Justin Fields only thrown what thirty seven passes in three games. Woof. Yeah, I uh, I expect both these teams to really keep it going on the ground. Um, they, they both have a lot going, uh, running the ball right now. Uh, ultimately, though, I'm going to have to go with the home team in this one. I expect the Giants to uh, to keep the the runnings in uh, in the in the NFC East uh, interesting for one more week, uh, not letting the Eagles completely pull away. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the Giants win this one. Cool runnings in the FC. Cool NFC runnings. Cleveland at Atlanta, one-point favorite to Cleveland over under 47. I mean, geez, Luis, you know. Uh, could be entertaining, though. I feel like this will be kind of high scoring. What do you think? Ooh, uh, Browns, Browns, Falcons. Ugh. Um, I do like Cleveland to win this <laughs> one on the road. I think it's going to be the Nick Chubb show. Um, I do like Cleveland. Uh, uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, always liked him since he came into the league. He's always been uh, a, an electrifying return man. Um, and, and I would like to see him, uh, you know, take a, a couple more to the house, uh, improve his standing in the, the all-time return touchdowns category. But so far, he's one of the most productive running backs in the league this year. Um, he's in that top five for uh, rushing yards. Uh, and and that's, a, that's probably the only surprise in that list is uh, really Cordero Patterson is the top five rusher in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Uh, but ultimately, I like the Browns to come away with the win here. Washington at Dallas, three-point favorite Dallas, 41-and-a-half over-under. Uh, Cooper Rush looking like Tom Brady? I'm going to say, uh, you know, it, it's hard to imagine. But, yeah, Cooper Rush is, uh, is uh, really trending right now. He's doing great. And uh, I think he, uh, he gets a win here at home against the Commanders. Carolina um, at home against Arizona, one and a half point favorite to Carolina, 43 and a half over under. Arizona looks like they are, they're sleepwalking. They are asleep. I don't know if you saw the end of the game last week. I mentioned it earlier against LA. Probably one of the more bizarre play clock. I don't know how to phrase it. Play, play clock management you'll ever see. Five minutes left to go. They're down by two touchdowns. They're just walking to the line of scrimmage after every play. Very strange. Um, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has much more left. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think uh, if the Cardinals have a chance here, they're going to have to really change things up. Uh, I think I need to see more design runs from Kyler Murray, um, and just yeah, it, it's this this is an ugly matchup. Uh, I am going to take the Cardinals in what is technically an upset with a one and a half point favor to Carolina. Um, I like the Cardinals on the road here. Uh, let's see if we can fit two more. Uh, New York at Pittsburgh, three and a half point favorite Pittsburgh, 41 and a half over under. Heard Kenny Pickett might start this game. Uh, probably worth watching if that's the case. Joe, the Joe Flacco show is in the building, though, throwing 330 yards three games in a row. Could be, I don't know. I'm trying to make this sound good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so. uh, it's an interesting game, I promise. Please. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh at home here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an exciting game. I think this game is good for, uh, you know, two or three exciting plays per offense. 
but at the end of the day, I think the Steelers' defense is going to be the deciding factor here. Uh, even even without T.J. Watt, I think they're just going to be more than the Jets are ready for, and uh, I like the Steelers to win at home. Last one, uh, we're looking at L.A. Chargers at Houston, five-point favorites L.A., 45 over-under. Wonder how badly Justin Herbert's hurt. I don't know if they should even play him. I mean, just put in put in Chase Daniel. Hopefully he'll earn his backup money that he's been collecting for the last 12 years. So, yeah. What do you think? So I, I do like the Chargers on the road here. Um, I think the Texans are going to make a real game of it at home. Uh, they're winless. And, uh, you know, they, they, they haven't lost every game they've played, but they've yet to win one. Um, I like them to cover. I think this is a close one, but the Chargers take the win. And that's it, folks. That's week four. I can't believe I'm saying week four. That's the first month of the season wrapped up in a nutshell. It's going to be October on Saturday, which means it's uh, Halloween season. I mean, the, uh, yeah, you get to watch Hocus Pocus 35 times in a month. Oh, if you're <laughs> ready for that. Um, God, God. Um, and if anything else, it means that we're going to get better football and um, probably, hopefully uh, more stakes with some of the matchups. I guess we'll see. So. Till next week, I'm uh, at Football in General Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us at all the sort of platforms that hold people that do weird things like share funny pictures and videos and memes. And um, we're every week to talk fantasy, football, everything else. Please give us a like, subscribe, a review, a follow. Um, I don't know, just share it to your family. Bring us to the, the barbecues. They're still going on, I hope, somewhere. Uh, or if you're stuck inside at Hurricane and, uh, Ian, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> what do you got to lose? <laughs> Listen to 60 episodes of football in general. Start from the back, go to the top. You're, you're flooded out. You're literally sitting in a flood. What else can you do? So, um, Trev, you got anything to say before we jump off the air here? Uh, just that, uh, you know, unexpected dramatic twist in this Thursday night game. And, uh, man, I just uh, I love watching Teddy Bridgewater take the field. Um, I know he's a huge downgrade from the starter to a, but uh, I'm rooting. I'm I'm rooting for him. You guys can all uh, listen to this tomorrow and and know whether or not I got what I wanted. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully Trev gets what he wants. It's under the Christmas tree already wrapped. He'll find it. He'll find out in about 35 minutes. So, anywho, until next time, we're out. <laughs>